Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration. Good morning, middle family. How are you? Okay, somebody's good. Happy New Year. (laughs) I heard one little good. (laughs) Happy New Year, everyone. (laughs) Um, We're going to get right into worship, but there are a few things I want to make sure that you're aware of. Um, Next Monday, there is a Queer Connections at 7 p.m., and then in a couple weeks, we have MLK Sunday. You know how middle do, so mark your calendars. I'm going to keep my mask on. I have a cough. And so, like, during passing the piece, I probably won't hug you either. But, you know, do as you feel safe doing. And with that, let us get into worship. So if you'll take a deep breath with me. Hmm. And come, let us worship God. Please stand for your opening hymn.
is Reverend Nick here. I will not be giving the message for all ages, but I am preparing for it. It's going to show up on that screen in a couple of seconds. Reverend Jack, Jackie Lewis is going to join us for the message for all ages. Any kids want to join me on the blanket down here? I don't want to be alone. Or any young at heart? Anyone that wants to join me on the mat for the message for all ages, you can come down now. Let me set it up as we get the video ready. more difficult than I thought it would be. There we go. Good morning, good morning. Come on and join me. You want to sit down? Everyone wants to sit down in a blanket, right? And we're going to look right up there, and Reverend Jackie Lewis is going to join us. I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister at Middle Church. Wherever you are listening to this today, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a beautiful holiday with your family and friends and that you've had some time to play and open up presents. Young people, I have a special message for you right now. Do you know why we give presents at Christmas time? Well, there's a tradition that there were three wise kings who traveled a long way to go and visit the Christ child. And when they went, they carried presents of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. I'll tell you what, frankincense and myrrh smell really good, and gold is kind of beautiful. So we give each other presents because we're saying, we see you, we love you, we like you, we care for you. And some of us still give presents from Santa Claus. But here's a present I'd like you to think about, a gift that you get to give, a gift that keeps on giving. I wonder what it is. Hmm. It's you. <laughs> you are the gift that keeps on giving. Do you know that even if you have a twin, there's no one else exactly like you in the whole world? You're the only one with your face, your personality, your smile, your talents, your gifts, your superpowers. No one else feels exactly like you when they feel sad or mad or happy or glad, you are the only one like you. And you are able to give such great love to the people around you. So I want you to think of this. You and your love are a present that keep on giving past Christmas and all year long. You're special, you're amazing, and you are loved. Amen. Thank you, Jackie Lewis. And now let's see Ahamba back to our seats. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. everyone. My name is Reverend Nick LaPara, and I will be sharing a couple of things with you this morning. The prayers of the people, first of all, and then we'll go into that special, amazing prayer that we pray and that millions of people pray every Sunday, the Lord's Prayer. 
together. As we close the door on this difficult year, and as we enter a new one that will inevitably bring political turmoil here in our country, war and genocide in far too many places to count, let us together slow down and ask the divine one, the divine spark, the God of revolutionary love, and the God of radical peace for help. In my tradition, Anglicanism, the prayers of the people are usually a series of short prayers that are met with a simple response. And that response typically is, Lord, hear our prayer, or God, hear our prayer. So today, I'm going to share, because I'm at a loss for words these days, and I have no desire to try to come up with stuff, these are very hard and difficult days, yes, and I sat down to write a prayer for today and just couldn't. So I'm going to share a prayer by St. Francis of Assisi called, Lord, make us instruments of your peace. And I can't think of a better prayer at this moment. And so we're going to pray it a little differently in that after each line, I would like, I'm going to pause and I would like for you to respond, God, hear our prayer together. Toward the end of the prayer, I will raise my hand, and that is your sign to not respond for the rest of the prayer so that I can wrap it up and there's no awkwardness here among us. Let's pray. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. God, hear our prayer. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And let us continue in prayer as we pray together a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples a prayer that is also found in your bulletin this morning. Please follow along by reciting the version in your bulletin, an inclusive version that we've included, or you can pray a version that you know and love best. Let's pray together as we stand. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth. Yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Peace is one of the greatest gifts that we have been given and one of the greatest gifts that we can give. So now we're going to take a moment to pass the peace to one another. Please do that in a way that makes you feel most comfortable. You can give the peace sign. You can cross your, you can give hugs, whatever you want. And there's going to be a microphone right here in a minute. Our online folks love to be involved. So if you can, during that passing of the peace, step up to the mic, look at that camera in the back, and pass the peace to them as well. So let's begin that moment. Pass the peace to one another.
beautiful. That was so gorgeous. Thank you. I am light. Will you pray with me? Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love as thou dost love and do as thou wouldst do. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Take a breath.
Did you know that you take somewhere around 21,000 breaths in a day? 21,000. How many of those are you even aware of? So, take a breath. That breath nourishes so many parts of you. It oxidizes your very blood. With each breath, you receive life and have it more abundantly. Our breath is our connection to the past, to our roots, to the very beginning when God breathed life into the mud. You all know that song. A bit of the fire that lit up the stars and breathed life into the mud. The first inspiration, the spark of creation. The original Hebrew word used in that story in Genesis is ruach, which translates as wind, breath, spirit. So take a breath. God breathed God's spirit into the mud. Breathe in. God breathes God's spirit into you. Breathe out. The Holy Spirit is in your very breath. It is in the breath of those around you. Let us be thankful for the spirit that holds us together in this moment, for the spirit that has held us throughout the years. And as we go into this new year, for the spirit that we pray will continuously hold us for the years to come. I lift up for your consideration today, Matthew 22, uh, verses 34 through 39. Again, that's Matthew uh, 22, verses 34 through 39. The New Revised Version reads as such. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite things about the Bible is the many layers in which one can find meaning. God is not only in the stories, but also in the spaces in between the stories, in the way the author chooses to tell the story and in the words that they use or the ones that they leave out. As a scholar of early Christian writing, I love to look at the context of these writings to see how God is breathing in these texts. Take a breath. Just prior to our passage for this morning, Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey with the people shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches. He had just had his temple tantrum where he turned over tables and drove out the money changers. He had already begun to make the chief priests and the Pharisees uncomfortable with his parables. Jesus was constantly pointing out examples of those who are in the family of God, and the priests and Pharisees were upset with his radical inclusivity. And I get it. (laughs) There are folks whom I am uncomfortable with as well. Maybe that's just me. Maybe y'all good with everybody. This unconditional love thing 
seems almost unreal. And so the Pharisees are constantly testing Jesus to see if it is indeed real. In this passage, we find one of those tests. When the lawyer asks which commandment in the law is the greatest, he is talking about Jewish law, which we have in our traditional New Testament, or Old Testament, excuse me. You see, there are 613 laws within those pages, and he wants to see if Jesus will pick one and hold it above the others. And this is a huge no-no in their tradition, as all of the laws are valued of equal importance, all 613 of them. 613 laws like don't wear mixed fabric. So um, that poly cotton blend shirt you have on. <laughs> the elastic in your underpants. It's against the law. No shellfish. So shrimp cocktails got to go and no more crab legs. No haircuts. No impaired vision, no football, the touching of dead pitskin is forbidden. And for that matter, no bacon, no cheeseburgers, no divorce, slaves, obey your masters. I think you get my drift. But in this passage, Jesus is making a bigger point. Love is the recurring theme here. He doesn't pick one law above the other. He doesn't say follow some and don't follow others. He says, choose love. Choose love in your heart. Choose love in your soul. Choose love in your mind. This is the greatest commandment. Love is the law. And we, as good and faithful servants, have done just that. We took our canon and measured in love. So no, we aren't going to stone our children. That isn't faithful to the command of God. It's not faithful to the command of love. And even though the Bible says, slaves, obey your masters, even though there were those who used the Bible to say that black people were inferior to white people, we gathered here today, both in person and online, obviously do not believe that that is the gospel. So what have we done with these texts of hatred? Well, we have rejected them outright. We reject slaves Obey your masters. We reject slavery texts. Jesus came and clarified that all of those laws in the Old Testament should begin with a love ethic. On these two commandments, he says, hang all the law and the prophets. This is how the civil rights movement fought battles. They stood on the law of love, on God's unconditional love. And it was through approaching the movement in this way that they were able to succeed in changing Jim Crow laws. They took to heart Martin Luther King Jr.'s words and used light to drive out darkness and love to drive out hate. So as we move forward, where does this reading take us? Where does our heart of love take us? Where is God taking us? If God is in the business of liberation, in this new year, what is the next space that needs liberating? Well, Pentecost is one of my favorite miracles. Just refresher, it's the one where the tongues of fire come down and suddenly everyone can understand each other in their own native languages. And because of this, we generally think of Pentecost as the miracle of the tongues. But I say to you today that it is not the miracle of the tongue, it is the miracle of the ear. It is not that the words were said, but that they were heard. 
Because do you know how hard it is to get some of us to listen sometimes? <laughs> As we continue on, God is still speaking. But are we still listening? Take a breath. Now, the second commandment is a doozy. In order to love your neighbor as yourself, you must first love yourself. Do you love yourself? Now, not just the easy parts. Do you love the parts that get it wrong more than get it right? The parts that can be irritable, the parts that can be clumsy, the parts that are lazy. God is there with you in that funk. God loves you even in your mess. The question is, do you? Or do you just love the parts that look good? How can you love anyone else if you don't love you? Take a breath. How can you love your neighbor? You cannot be perfect, and that's not your job anyway. That's God's job. And that's the amazing thing about grace. It fills in the gaps. Now, who is your neighbor? I can't think of, I can't help but think about uh, people slain every day, both here and on the other side of the world, by governmental violence. I can't help but be worried about my family members and they about me in certain areas of the country because racism still wields its ugly head. I can't help but ache for those who are snatched from their families in the only homes they've ever known because we dare to judge human souls as illegal. I can't help but feel the anger of my LGBTQ friends who are having to refight battles that they've already won. Whether or not you have a serious knee-jerk reaction when it comes to minorities, we must recognize that we, all of us, are the oppressors of some of God's children. Our silence, our inaction, our tax dollars make us culpable. This social sin is deadly. White supremacy is deadly. Exceptionalism is deadly. Capitalism is deadly. This is our personal struggle, specifically in the church, because we are called to love. So take a breath. And envision how far we go with an ethic of love. From under the thumb of white supremacy, still we rise. It is our absolute duty to start from love. Nadia Boltz Weber wrote in this in her book, Pastrix. This desire to learn what the faith is from those who have lived it in the face of being told they are not welcome or worthy is far more than inclusion. Actually, inclusion isn't the right word at all because it sounds like in our niceness and virtue, we are allowing them to join us. Like we are judging another group of people to be worthy of inclusion in a tent that we don't own. It's God's tent. In this metaphor, the wideness of the tent points to the gracious nature of a loving and merciful God who welcomes all. 
who holds compassion, truth, light, and love. Let us be reflections of those divine elements. Let us wear them like the finest suit. Let them drip from our fingertips everywhere we touch. Our battles with racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, ageism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are not over. But in the most frightening, most terrible moments of life, God is with us. Using Jesus' commandment that love be our starting point and examining white supremacy as insidiously ingrained in all of our systems, where are we supposed to go now? In this new year, where are we called as a church? If God is in the business of liberation, what is the next space that needs liberating? If Jesus stands on the side of the marginalized, if God is indeed, as Dr. James Cone called it, the God of the oppressed, who are the oppressed? I won't answer that. I know you know. And these are the moments where you close your eyes and take a breath and listen to what God says. Church, Christ represents disruption. Disruption is your model. Stand with Christ. Stand with love. This is where our service should be focused. What are we going to do about those around us and how they are treated? God wants to use us now in those spaces those of us who know what oppression is, those of us who are still oppressed, those of us who have fought through oppression, we are God's hands and God's feet. Listen when God is speaking. And when in doubt, consider the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray when he taught them by saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Take a breath. Make the world holy today by your actions. Can we do that together? You and I must make a pact. We must bring salvation back. <laughs> Where there is love, I'll be there.
Thank you, Natalie. The person that was going to introduce the uh, join the movement moment uh, was not able to be here, so you get to see me again. It's far too many times in one morning, I know, but it is what it is. Um, I wanted to provide a little context for Titus Burgess, who will be giving the Join the Movement moment. On December 11, the Mosaic Series concert holiday fundraiser was hosted here uh, in this building. It was an incredible evening. If you missed it, sorry. But you can see, uh, no, I really am sorry. It was amazing. But you can watch it on YouTube in its entirety. We're also sharing one of the music videos per day on our Instagram and on our Twitter as a gift to you all for the 12 days of Christmas. Um, you can see it in multiple ways, but it won't be the same as being here in the room. Uh, during that show, Titus was going to be here in person, wasn't able to, and sent a video to ask uh, for people to join the movement as Middle continues to rise from the ashes. And it was uh, very jarring in the most uh, Titus Burgess sort of way. It was incredible. And so um, before that one minute video comes on, I just want to invite you. Uh, there are multiple ways you can join what, we're, what Middle is trying to do here. Um, middlechurch.org slash rise, you can learn all about that, or middlechurch.org slash donate. There are many ways to uh, serve this body. And Titus is going to share with us now why he thinks you should join the movement. Titus Burgess. I'm a member of Middle Collegiate Church under the brilliant guidance of Dr. Jackie Lewis. So chances are if you watch this, you know our church burned down. But rumor has it, we might be back in that, you know, what next year. Not the sanctuary, but like the office parts. Um, the sanctuary is going to take a little more of this. That's why we need your money. Okay? We need your money. Okay? If you need a place to donate in the fourth quarter for a tax write-off, guess what? Give us your money, okay? You don't need us to hit you over the head with our social justice movement and how much we love the community and the world at large. But with your help, we can build a beautiful city. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can build a beautiful city, not a city of strangers, but we can build a city.
Bless these gifts, O God, to be used for thy will and purpose. In your name we pray. Amen. send you with a benediction into the last bits of this old year, the last uh, breaths you have remaining in uh, 2023, and ready to receive the new ones for 2024, that they may be used for God's will and purpose, that they may help somebody else along the way that they may find what needs to be liberated in your life, in the lives of those around you, in our city, in our state, in our country, and yes, in the world. May there be something that you can do in 2024 to be God's hands and God's feet to bring ease for someone else, to bring calm for someone else, to end the suffering of someone else. There are so many conflicts around this world right now. So many conflicts. People are dying every minute. Where is your place? Where is your voice? Where is your heart in the midst of all of that? May you spend some time today on your way into the new year considering that 
with God. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.